Hello, friends, and welcome once again to everybody's favorite therapy theme podcast. This is This Changes Everything. I'm Sarah Rice, and with me, as always, is uh, the man who I am uh, sure I am not in a toxic relationship with. <laughs> Probably one of, uh, uh, I, f- like, five. I could, ca- I could count on one hand the number of men I have not had toxic relationships with. It's Therapy mm. Jeff. Hello, Therapy Jeff. Hello. I'm so happy that I can be a good, healthy example of what a relationship is with a man. You yes. got to watch out for those men. There's a lot of toxic dudes out there, right? No. I mean, I don't no. want to just, like... Put it all no. on you guys. I think there are a lot of toxic people out there. You know, we, yes. we can't. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, it's hard, like, though, not to. Hashtag not like, all men. Hashtag not all men. But, uh, but. Yeah, you know what? Like, let's let's hold off for just a second. We're gonna get into like toxic relationships, and we don't want to like blame anybody, any genders or something. Um, but it does. But I will blame a little bit, <laughs> just because. And maybe you can relate, Sarah. Like, I'm a relationship therapist. I see a bunch of couples. Most of the like men that come in that are a part of a couple are like creating a lot of the toxicity, and they're doing it in this way where they're just like, "What? Who? Me? You know?" And so there's like this sort of like ignorance. So I'm yes. being like, this is not true for everybody, obviously, right. but a lot of like the women that come into therapy are a little more aware of the things that they're doing, even if they are creating some sort of toxicity and the men get to sort of like play dumb. And that's what's so triggering for me. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I think I, 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 we socialize women in a different way. We, we mm. encourage communication and then we do the opposite sometimes with men. And mm-hmm. uh, this is, I think, the result of that. That when you, you know, raise boys to interact with their environment and women to interact with each other, mm-hmm. then right. you, this is kind of what happens. So, uh, yeah, you know, of course there, there are, I, I will say in my own relationship... I bring in far more toxic traits that I have to be aware of because of um, uh, my own like survival strategies that I've developed and that Mm -hmm. are, you know, like we've talked about before, duct tape solutions where, yeah, it worked, Mm -hmm. you know, for a quick fix. But in order to have healthy relationships in the future, I'm going to have to address some of these things. And I bring in way more of those than my partner Mm-hmm. does so it's not every relationship where we see this but the things that can often make a relationship toxic which we're going to dive into right now are traits that more frequently i think we see in males like yeah. lack of communication right exactly and so let's try to like define what toxicity is because we've talked about how it's yes. kind of like a pop psychology term and lots of people can have lots of different uh definitions of it but i just but it's it's fun to say toxic relationship yes. it's fun to call people toxic but you're, you you maybe should like take a step back and think about what it means so we're going to define it for like in our terms and for this episode, but that doesn't mean that we're defining it for every single person out there. Like you all maybe have different versions of it. Um, so I don't know. How would you define it, Sarah? Uh, okay. So there are certain elements that exist within a toxic relationship, such as criticism, manipulation. Uh, I think I would classify like controlling behavior, um, dishonesty, 
any form of abuse, mm. I feel like physical, emotional, uh, uh, verbal abuse kind of is in line with toxic relationships. And a- another important thing to highlight is that this is a pattern of behavior. This is a cycle that happens. This is a, uh, uh, like, the co- whether it's the individuals bringing it in themselves, of course it always is, or the combination of the mm-hmm. two personalities together that that bring out those traits or bring out the, those mm-hmm. the things within the relationship, uh, uh, it's a pattern that exists that, like, pretty early on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing is that I think that it can come on pretty early on and but it's sort of like disguised a little early on thank you so good because it looks nice and it looks loving and it looks like connection somebody who finally understands you in a way that nobody else ever has it feels like um it can feel very like isolating but in a good way like i just spend like all consuming like i spend all my time with this person um they sometimes there's like what then turns into control and manipulation and at like controlling behavior down the road can look like acts of like a- attentiveness mm. and kindness and, and, Oh, look how I'm going out of my way to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, skip work to be with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. So it can, it can actually like feel kind of love bombing at first. Right. Yeah whether you're deliberately love bombing or not. Uh, but there's sort of, like, I feel like sometimes there's like an obsessive quality to it. And we'll get into this a little bit with like a listener question, but sometimes there's like feelings of like you're addicted to each other yes. or to the person. Um, there's an excessive amount of dopamine hits and oxytocin that's going off in your brain. Right. Um, but these all could be confused for honeymoon feelings. And, uh, like you said, like nobody's ever like known me or like seen me in the way that I'm being seen by, you know, uh, and it can also sometimes be connected to old childhood wounds. So Mm. if you come from a place where you were, uh, you have abandonment issues and now you're with somebody who's like, I will never leave you (laughs) like where they're just like, I will never abandon you. And then you're like, Oh yes. Like the void that was the hurt that was created when I was little is now being filled by this person and uh, you're putting them up on this pedestal and they're feeling amazing because they're going to heal your childhood trauma as well. There's just like a bunch of projection that's going on. That's not really false safety. Yeah. Oh, totally. Like a false sense of safety and a false sense of love. Most likely. Right. It's being Because the, word love like it's being confused for a whole bunch of other things Mm -hmm. all that dopamine all the all Mm -hmm. that stuff all Mm -hmm. the feeling of void something that or even like a feeling of familiarity because like i said this is rooted in Mm -hmm. like not good stuff so (laughs) if you have you know some trauma and stuff from the past or from childhood that that familiarity even though it's not something that you liked from your childhood feels in a way like comforting even Mm -hmm. though it's not what we want which is like talk about a a twisted game your mind plays with you 
Right. Yeah. And because that, you know, it's just sort of clearly like when you grew up and you were a little kid and the first intimate relationships you had were most likely with your parents or caregivers and family. And if there was unhealthy relationship dynamics in those relationships, then you learned that that is what intimacy is. That's love equals abandonment. Love equals trauma. And then eventually, as you're an adult, if you like start to sync up with people that feel the same way or do the same sort of thing, that feels like love to you. So you're just sort of like repeating these toxic, unhealthy, traumatic relationship issues over and over yeah. again. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. And you know, I think it's so easy for us to think about toxic relationships in terms of romantic relationships that mm-hmm. it's only in like, oh, boyfriend, girlfriend, like, like love relationship, mm-hmm. but it exists in any interpersonal relationship that you can have. Well, let's take a quick time out to talk about what I would call my healthiest relationship, mm-hmm. my least toxic relationship, the relationship that's helped me form new relationships with money and my finance. I'm talking about my favorite rocket money. Of course, rocket money is the way to help you identify all of those sneaky subscriptions that keep charging you every single month that you are no longer using. I'm sure you guys have those, right? Oh my God. Yeah. Especially during the like holidays when I'm trying to kind of like pinch some pennies and make sure that I like don't spend too much. It's nice to have somebody like an app do the labor for me and look at all the unwanted subscriptions I have. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that like finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, helps you lower your bills all in one place. We love it. I think it's Sarah's like favorite thing ever. Because saving money is my favorite thing ever, and exactly. I am not alone. Over 5 million users and counting, and Rocket Money has helped save customers an average, I'm talking average, of $720 a year. That's a total of $1 billion in savings for people out there, and you could be one of those people too, like me. Yes, exactly. So stop wasting money on things you don't use, cancel your unwanted subscriptions, and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash TCE. That's rocketmoney.com slash TCE, rocketmoney.com slash TCE. Have you seen those tweets of like toxic texts from my boss? No. Oh my God. They're so funny. It'll be like the boss who, who texts on the weekends, something like totally crazy. Like I need you to come in. And she's like, I'm like in labor. And like <laughs> the per- the boss is like, so two weeks, like, or like, you know, like, and it's like, what the hell? Toxic boss. Text. Yeah. There's a lot of toxic bosses out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it could be in school. You know, if you have maybe a, a teacher, a professor or something, someone who's uh, kind of using that power. Uh, it could be within friendships. Mm-hmm. I think that I was somebody who was in a lot of toxic friendships growing up. Mm-hmm. I was the one who was the people. Well, and then I turned this into t- romantic. I just swapped it out for romantic partners when I grew up. But when I was younger, I was definitely the Robin to somebody else's Batman. You know, mm-hmm. like I was mm-hmm. the sidekick. I was the one who um, was like the doormat people pleaser to an extreme and Mm -hmm. i was just desperate for like somebody to not leave and somebody Mm -hmm. to just stick around like i'll i'll Mm -hmm. do whatever 
For sure. And the thing is, is that like, you know, as children growing up in these systems, we're not aware of it because we're in the system. We're not outside of it. Like having perspective, we just think that this is what life is, especially when you're like a baby or a toddler or school age child. Like there's no fucking way that you're going to have this perspective. And then when you're a teenager, still, you're just not smart enough to like understand the inner workings of all these relationships and effects that it's having. And then... You get into college and whatever, you're just fucking parting. And then your 20s, you're still a fucking dumbass. Like, there's like, so this is like happening throughout like so much of your life. And then maybe in your 30s, I guess, or maybe if yes. you're like advanced in your 20s, possibly, but like barely, barely. But like, you typically only sort of like see these very toxic, unhealthy relationship patterns eventually when you're an adult. But by then, there's, your brain has molded into like magnetized relationships like this and this is sort of all you know so it's a really big shift that you have to make and we'll talk about you know steps that you can take in order to change these patterns but i just want to like validate that this is this has been going on for maybe most of your life or your whole life and this is a really difficult shift to make and we can go ahead and blame your parents and your family and society and capitalism and hollywood and disney like fuck all that like those are all the things that created all the the, like piece of shit people that you're like friends with or you're dated who have like fucked with you we hate them for you but it is also your responsibility in order to do something about it so that you're not the asshole that's doing this to other people as well yes and it's so important like to recognize i think that is that's why it tends to um, i don't know like come about at i think the 30s where it's like Mm. the the white knuckling life like doing things just on autopilot gets to the point where either it becomes a problem for you or it becomes a problem for the people around you and your relationships start to suffer. So this is, this is like looking at what my role is in the problem, like what all of our role in the, that is so hard to do. That is like the biggest step to take, to be able to say like, exactly like I said, yeah, we can play parents, we can play everything, but, but we have to be the ones to decide. I don't want to bring in any of these toxic things into relationships. I'm going to do the scary thing. And, you know, we, we use these like toxic, I don't know, behaviors and, and reactions to survive when we're feeling scared, when we're feeling mm-hmm. nervous, when we're feeling worried, when we're feeling unsafe and to swallow that and, and have that awareness and talk to yourself and say, I know it feels scary right now. I know this feels dangerous. I know it feels hard to say what your needs are or to bring this up. Like that is so hard to do. Like you said, years and years and years of programming, but it is what we have to do or we're going to end up with like right. the people who are nasty and mean and like, it's like, <laughs> mm-hmm. get off my lawn times a thousand, you know, yeah, you exactly. can, don't you feel like you see them, you see like the old people out there and you're like, wow, it's everybody else's fault for forever. And you are low alone and you are sad and you are angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it and there's too this scary to do the work. Uh, it's tricky because like you are the victim 
to all of these things that have happened to you, but you also might get caught in that victim mentality. And then you don't have a lot of power because you're like, there's nothing I can do to change because everybody's a fucking asshole. Um, But I do want to validate how you have been victimized. And I do want to empower you to, maybe it's not even your fault, but it's just sort of like the people that you're allowing into your life or that you're attracted to, which still I understand is victim blaming. (laughs) Like it, it, it can be like, it can be like experienced as like, well, then it's just my fault for letting these people in. No, no, fuck the people that are like assholes or manipulated or narcissists, whatever. Like we, we don't like them, but we do want to encourage you to like have some amount of control. But if you don't get to a place where it feels like you can do something about it, then you're going to end up like these people that are, that Sarah's talking about is just sort of like perpetually angry and frustrated and disappointed with human beings and continually in relationships that just sort of like are toxic forever or flame out or something, you know, you know, that, that kind of, in a way answers my question of, does it really take two to tango? Like, does it really, you know, we, we get into these relationships and I, I don't know about you, but I seem to only talk to people who are in relationships with other toxic people, right? Not toxic people themselves. I don't know how right. that's possible, <laughs> but you know, I, like I said, mentioned earlier, I am aware of what toxic behaviors and, and traits I bring into a relationship. So I know what I'm doing, but does it really take two to tango or are people sometimes just dicks? I mean, both, I think, but I, 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 I do think when it comes down to it, it takes two to tango. Uh, and I love that, like, you are aware, just like you, I'm aware of the toxic things that I bring into a relationship. I think I'm, I think we're probably both also aware that we bring things into toxic relationships that we're unaware of and we need to yes. have our partner compassionately, if they can point this out to us (laughs) so that we can continue to improve and grow and evolve. But yeah, I think a lot of people get into relationships and love to blame their partner. Um, and it's also really fun to do that. And you have friends that are telling you that you're amazing and that you're perfect and you deserve the best. And who are these fucking assholes that you keep (laughs) on attracting? It's all their fault. Uh, and, but it's hard to like acknowledge that you're especially like if this is becoming a pattern and you're like, wow, all these people are treating me the same way or the relationships are flaming out in the same way. Like we've said it before, but you're the common denominator, babe. Like what are you doing to, and to like create this sort of relationship dynamic or whatever. Um, and it's hard to, it's hard to take ownership of that because then you have to acknowledge that you're doing something that's unhealthy or bad or not. Okay. You're toxic to a certain degree yourself. Um, and that, that, and then you might feel a lot of shame or you might feel a lot of guilt. Um, and then you have to make changes. And in order to do that, you have to suffer. That might be that you're going to be single for a while, or it might be that you're going to date other people that you don't have that immediate chemistry with or whatever. Um, and that's hard it's to do. Really- easy to see why people don't change because it's like the the mm-hmm. the pain of not changing has to be enough and mm-hmm. uncomfortable enough mm-hmm. to motivate us to do something that is very uncomfortable and scary yeah exactly it makes sense why people don't you know and stay in in relationships to the point where a pattern does develop and Mm -hmm. it becomes really like ingrained and rooted in the, um, 
like relationship dynamic and, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah and so, you know yeah go ahead yeah that being said there are some people that are just dicks <laughs> yes this is what my old therapist said was like sarah not everybody like some people are assholes and they're just right. like that and yeah you know you don't have to like explain bad, bad behavior all the time right and in and, and, and therapy we actually have like um, you know, there's like an axis one disorder and axis two disorder. If you have an axis two disorder, that means it's a pervasive disorder that never, ever goes away. If you want to call that person a dick, go ahead, but we can be more <laughs> compassionate about it and be like, they have a mental health disorder and they're struggling and they're never going to change. Um, so there are folks out there that are like that. And it might be the more extreme people like those narcissists or something, which will talk more about narcissists in another episode um but yeah yeah there's there's dicks out there and, and the problem is that those dicks can be like very charismatic and oh, very the attractive be- the most charming and very dicks. fun <laughs> so yeah watch out for those charming dicks they can get you in a lot of trouble uh-huh <laughs> So we're talking today about toxic personalities, things that go, don't go together. Uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff that don't go together, like drinking orange juice in the morning after brushing your teeth. Or, I don't know, me on early morning podcast recordings when <laughs> I, I like am just waking up. Sometimes things don't mix like oil and water, and our bodies don't absorb CBD oil well. So when you reach for your CBD-based products, you could be absorbing as low as 6% of what's actually on the label. Yeah, and that's I know. It's crazy. I never knew that was an actual thing, and I'm glad that Next Evo takes care of that so I actually like get what I'm paying for, basically. Mm-hmm. I like Next Evo Naturals because they help me sleep better and relax, especially... I don't get good sleep if I'm stressing about something that I have to do tomorrow uh, and I don't want to do it or I feel like it's going to be really difficult. I like stay up and I have all these racing thoughts. But if I take a next, uh, a next Evo natural, oh my God, I like go into dreamland so easily and wake up feeling super refreshed. Yes. Drift asleep, stay asleep. So don't waste your time with oil-based CBD that might not work. Time to upgrade to better natural solutions from Next Evo. So go to nextevo.com and use promo code CHANGES to get 25% off. That's 25% off at nextevo.com, promo code CHANGES. How can you tell if you're actually in a toxic relationship, because like, you know, we've been sort of like talking about what it is and how to identify it. It's easier to identify your friends, toxic relationships than your own toxic relationships. Um, why do you think that is? Oh, I mean, how perfect our eyesight, our vision true. So true. We'd see all too clearly what others should do. (laughs) (laughs) What is that from? <laughs> I you want know, still something funny? That little poem I found in a magazine when I was probably like ten years old. I cut it out and I decoupaged it onto a planter that I gave, <laughs> like I uh, that I gave my mom for a Mother's Day gift. And what? it felt like a very passive aggressive move as a uh, child. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I don't know. Aggressively passive aggressive, <laughs> actually. <laughs> And it's funny because it stuck in my head. I like read it. I read it over and over and over. And it's just I, I could get free. Like I, I have never memorized any other poem, but that one is is I always always remember that. That's funny. Oh, I, you know, I want to. Maybe this is the time for it. But it, it, it might be an interesting talk to talk about. Like, so 
your friend is in a toxic relationship yeah. and you recognize it, but they don't. Yes. Should you say something? What should oh, you say? Gosh. How can you enlighten them? Do you just shut the fuck up and wait for them? And do you support them? Like, what is it? How do you yeah. handle that? This is a listener question that you guys are all thinking that if you haven't right. asked or we haven't, like we've gotten this question before. Yes. So in, in the same way, like how do you recognize or, or identify a toxic relationship in your own life? I, I, I think to not look at the behaviors of the other person who is the quote unquote, like toxic person, in the relationship instead Look at how your friend is changing or look at how you are changing. I was able to notice what helped me recognize toxic relationships I was in or uh, the elements of the relationship that were toxic. I saw certain things in myself. I saw um, intense jealousy, Mm. A, a jealousy that was rooted in insecurity. So insecurity, jealousy... And then a feeling of, if I am not with this person, then what will I do? Like a, a mm. what is like a magnetism, but more than that, it's almost like a if they were desperation to leave, would, or codependence. Yes! Yeah, codependence and desperation. There was a feeling of desperation that when I had that feeling of despair, that that I, if I'm not in this, what will I do? That was always the biggest sign that this is unhealthy and this isn't good because when I, I know that when I'm in the wise mind and especially like post breakup, when, you know, I kind of like switch back and forth. It's like, Oh, what is, what what was me? I'm never going to be with somebody ever. And that person is like, Sarah, it's okay. That wise mind person can see the survival qualities of myself, see how you are going to be okay. But that person fearful of the abandonment and Mm. and desperate for anything cannot see that they will be okay without this person Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's really what it was for so to answer your question about like the friend how do you tell your friend i think you can't ever talk about the bad qualities that you see in their partner oh i hate how this guy treats he does this and this and this it helps to talk about how you see that friend changing. Well, I just see how this friend that I, I, I had who was, you know, you're so uh, outgoing and, and confident without him. When you hang out with him, all of a sudden you're insecure and you're questioning yourself and you're doubting yourself. Do you feel like the same confident person when you're with him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plant the seed. She might say yes at first, but you've planted the seed and, and she'll think about it. Or yes. Whatever. Yes. Yeah. I think that's really good advice. And also like if I, if I tell somebody that like, oh God, I hate your fucking partner, then they are not going to talk to me about them anymore. Correct. Now I'm not supporting their relationship. But if you come from this angle that Sarah's talking about, you're coming from a place of love and care. And like you want them to be their authentic selves in relationship, and you're you're not putting the blame on the partner, even right. if it is the toxic partner's fault. You're like, I'm not seeing you be your real self. How can you do that? How can we make that happen? You know, like, right. and of course they want to be authentic in relationship, so they feel supported by you because you're just like, hey, you're acting a little shut down. It seems like you're being super reserved, or you're like that you know, charm is like goes away sometimes when you're hanging out when we're all hanging out together. Like, what's up with that? You know. 
So just like in a really curious way. That sounds so nice. That's just like, yeah, that that little razzle-dazzle, that's where's your sparkle. Uh Yeah. Yeah. And I bet they would love that side of you if it came out, right? That's my favorite part of you, right? I'm sure that, you know, so like it just gets you, it gets them thinking. For me, the, like, I know that I'm in an unhealthy or toxic relationship when I notice myself like not giving the complete story (laughs) about Uh, what's happening in my relationship. Right. And I also will do this point. Yeah. I do this with my therapist too. Like there's going, there's a part of me that like holds back and doesn't want to give the 100% transparent truth Mm -hmm. about what's happening in my relationship. And I won't even notice that at first until maybe I like look back on the session and I think about it. Or if I'm nervously kind of like leaving things out when I'm talking to my friends about it, then I know a part of me knows (laughs) that this is not a good fit and I'm trying to lie to myself, right? Like that's what's going on. That is so it. We are lying. Mm-hmm. It's, it, we're, we're, yeah, in a way, being deceptive, like, mm-hmm. with ourselves. Okay, yeah. so that's, you know, I want to talk about how to recognize it, how, What like, what is it, how to know that you're in it. But, okay, so you're in a toxic relationship. How the heck do we move out of it? What do we do now? Well, like we're saying, acknowledge sort of acknowledge the toxicity and and be aware of what you're doing. So, like, if you're somebody that like doesn't give the complete story, or if you're somebody that like feels like desperately attached, somebody like understand that's what's going on. You can probably like your gut or intuition also probably knows <laughs> that it's not a good match, uh, or it's like replicating some old some like you know older toxic relationships that you've had or relationships that you had with your parents or family or something. Uh, but you have to like acknowledge the toxicity. If you don't acknowledge the unhealthy dynamic, you're not going to make any fucking changes, right? right? That's like step number one. All right. Well, whether you're in a healthy relationship or an unhealthy relationship, you got to eat, right? And, like, the entire food-making process, I'll be honest, stresses me out. I don't like grocery shopping for it. I don't like making it. I don't like planning it. So I love things like Green Chef that is the number one meal kit for eating clean. Dinners that work, dinners that are easy, and dinners that I don't have to think about. Yeah, I know. And they, they take care of, they make sure that like all of their food is, uh, they have like, they offset 100% of their delivery emissions as well as 100% of the mm. plastics in every box, which is like, you don't really think about that from your right. meal prep yeah, deliveries, but they think about it for us and we love to see it. Uh, it's super easy. Just like you said, I can't stand thinking about like going to the grocery store and right. getting all the, the food to like do the recipe and getting yeah. overwhelmed with it. It's and God worst. forbid Eli decides to be keto or something that month and then i gotta like shop for new grocery food and stuff and i'm like i don't do i don't i can't deal with that so lucky for me green chef has so many different options whether you are keto or gluten-free or plant-based or carb smart or calorie smart or mediterranean or protein packed all different options no matter what your food i don't know 
thing preference. is Diet? yes yeah, preference. Exactly. that's a nice and way to say it <laughs> just an fyi green chef is now owned by HelloFresh, and with a wider array of meal plans to choose from there's something for everyone i love switching between the brands personally and now my listeners you guys can enjoy both brands at a discount with me so for green chef's best deal of the year get 250 dollars off with code tce Two five zero at greenchef.com slash TCE two fifty. Again, uh, for their best deal of the year, two hundred and fifty dollars off with code TCE two fifty at greenchef.com slash TCE two fifty. You know, I bet as people are listening to this, they may be thinking, Well, I'm not in a toxic relationship right now. Is there something that I could get out of this? Maybe you're single right now. Maybe you are not even thinking about being in a relationship. Even as we are having this discussion, I am going through past relationships in my mind, and I'm kind of making a, uh, um, I don't know, like a rubric or like, like these are the signs to look out for, Mm -hmm. signs that you, uh, uh, there may be things that you're not being, uh, like communicating congruently or things that you're like Mm -hmm. holding in or certain. And one of the ones that I remember is, uh, like exactly like what you're saying about not being, not like telling everybody everything or kind Mm -hmm. of being like secretive. I started eliminating people or avoiding people in my life that I knew were going to call me out on a, exactly mm. the kind of stuff we were talking about earlier in the episode of, Oh, how come you're so different? Why are you like that? Da, da, da. So if you are avoiding, uh, uh, certain people who may be able mm-hmm. to shine some light on, on your relationship, like that is a really big sign. So this is, this is helpful, not just if you are in a relationship, but also to keep in mind so that you can start to see, like, if you get into a relationship in the future, how to not make the same mistakes. To start looking at, okay, well, if all of a sudden I start, like, isolating and I start, like, not hanging out with my friends or, or you know, bringing my partner around them as much, that's going to be one of my indicators that maybe I'm caught in that pattern that I, I am so familiar with that I can't see when i'm in it mm-hmm. you know yeah. what i mean like exactly. that, was my, that was my train of thought that i had to like get in there because i could hear people yeah. think saying like well is this even for me if i'm like i'm not in a toxic relationship neither am i but <laughs> i can tell you there are going to be as a person with mm-hmm. a past there are going to be certain signs and signals and cues that right. things are off Track, yeah, you know? yeah, and, and like we we're saying, even if you're in like a long-term healthy relationship, yeah. you can still have toxic relationships with friends and coworkers <gasps> yes. and family, right? So it's right. not like you're going to be able to escape it forever just because you're in a good yeah. relationship right now. Yeah. Um, that also, so the next step is to like okay, acknowledge it and then seek support. So I'm thinking that like uh, there are a lot of clients that come in to talk to me about their possibly toxic relationships as a therapist and I think as a friend too, but especially as a therapist, I'm not going to be like, cool, how are we going to get you out of this fucking relationship? Totally. Right? Cause how many times has that worked? Right. Exactly. 
<laughs> like, even if in the back of my mind, I'm like, we need to extricate this person. I'm not going to start there because they're going to be defensive and you're going to be protective of your relationship. You're going to try to prove to me that it's actually healthy. You might start lying or not giving me all the details. Right. So I'm yeah. probably going to start with like, how can we make small changes within this relationship? Like Sarah was saying, so you can be more authentically you. Right. And then we'll see if that can actually happen. And, and, but there's, there is a chance that the person you're in like an unhealthy dynamic with, it could change. Like it could change for the better. It could be like, you can make positive changes. It can be a healing, growing relationship for everybody involved. So we're not coming from this place of like, go find support so you can get the fuck out unless that's what you want to do. It's like, go find support so that you can figure out if this is going to be a good, healthy relationship long-term. There's things you can do. Yeah. And sometimes like, you know, when this, is a dynamic that exists within families or like siblings. Like sometimes it's, it's this other thing that has maybe created this pattern or this dynamic, like, uh, you know, like the workplace or, you know, whatever. And when you, when you uh, have an opportunity to work on that problem with shared goal, Mm -hmm you can absolutely uh, uh, raise the awareness of these kind of behaviors and change patterns in any relationship. Right. Yes, exactly. But a lot of times when you're seeking support, um, you can go to somebody and be like, I don't know what to do. Like I'm feeling helpless and powerless. Can you like help me make sense of this relationship so I can figure out if it's like something that can be salvaged, something that could be a good fit. If I'm just sort of like projecting all of my old toxic behaviors onto this new one, when it's actually like could be a really good healing relationship. Um, so, uh, getting out of your own head, talking to other people, and then maybe the next step might be setting boundaries. And it, and so it could be setting boundaries like getting out of the relationship, or it could be setting boundaries like I'm not going to be talked to like that anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be yelled at. I don't want to be with somebody who's mean, so I'm going to leave the room. Or I'm going to let you know that we can talk in 30 minutes once, once we've both cooled down. Or we're not going to talk about politics because it only goes off the rails, right? So I'm going to set boundaries within the relationship to see if it can be a healthy one. And if it can't, great, good information to have. If it can, awesome. Now we can like try to get yeah. back on a better path. How that looks maybe in a like a workplace relationship or with a boss is communicating, hey, I am here to help in every way, but can we make sure that communication stays with between mm-hmm. business hours or mm-hmm. something like that? That's a way right. how that looks maybe in a different relationship other than a romantic one. Well, it is that time of year where we got to be doing the old present thing. And I don't know about you, but I have run out of many clever ideas. And I, it's another thing that I don't really want to stress out about or think about. But I also want to be that person because like gift giving is my love language. I sound like it's like, you know, a real chore, but what really matters is finding like the unique and special and perfect gift for somebody, which can be stressful. But I shop at Uncommon Goods where not only do I get to find super cool, like unique, one of a kind gifts, but I also support small artists, small artists. They could be all kinds of sizes. (laughs) I support artists, small businesses and like independent uh, uh, craftspeople. 
Yes, uh, it is official. We support artists at every size. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, Uncommon Goods. It's sort of like, it's kind of, it feels like that like secret band that I only discovered that I don't yes. want anyone else to know about. That so is that, such a good way to put it. Yeah, because I want everyone to think that like I'm really coming up with the most unique gifts ever. Uh, but Uncommon Goods just sort of like feeds them to me. And there's so many to choose from. So. To get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash TCE. That's uncommongoods.com slash TCE for 15% off. Do not miss out on the limited time offer. Uncommon Goods, we're all out of ordinary. Okay, so we, we've, of course, talked about like how to handle it and manage it while you're in the, like, if we want to hold on to a relationship. But then there are some times where that pattern becomes too unhealthy and uh, uh, you gotta go. Mm-hmm. So plan and exit is a, a step to take. And it is so much, mm, okay, I'll put it this way. So I, I've talked to clients before about how one of the things that is so difficult when a relationship ends, it's almost like when we get into a relationship, we're like drawing on a whiteboard and we like draw out this huge future, this like amazing plan. And then like we break up and it's like somebody just took that whiteboard and erased all of it. And like, I don't know why whiteboard, it just feels extra like, <gasps> cause ever, you know, it's, mm-hmm. they're sensitive. Those little whiteboards will come off in two seconds. And like, I always get mm-hmm. very mad when people would erase my work on there. So when it, it can be very uh, uh painful for for my and like unsettling that feeling of oh no this whole future that i planned is gone so i think starting to r- draw a new future on that whiteboard to imagine that whiteboard erased and dr- even while you're in the relationship you know, given that it's an unhealthy relationship that you're trying to like plan strategically how to get out of and how to, to, you know, move on from starting to draw that future out for yourself in your mind. It doesn't have to be plan your exit. Like I'm going to move out of here. I'm going to pack up all these things. I'm going to break up with them that whatever it could be just planning a uh, uh, imagining and envisioning a future where you're in a healthy relationship where somebody responds in a positive way, in a good way. And then what that does, your brain starts working backwards to start fill in the blanks of like, well, what steps do we need to get there? And it starts feeling like, well, the partner I'm with isn't going to give me that. And so it becomes not easy, but easier to make those moves and to take those steps that can be very, very scary if we're just doing it with a blank future. You know what I mean? And that's a good point. Yeah. And it gives you sort of like a blueprint or scaffolding on like what to do and what to like refer back to if things start to go off the rails. Like it's so tempting to erase the whole whiteboard when everything gets really intense. But yeah, try your best not to do that. The thing is, the, like, the interesting part about this stage, I guess we can call it, of, like, planning your exit, is that I've worked with people where I, where we talk about, okay, this isn't a good relationship fit, let's plan your exit, and then we do that, and then it's over in two weeks. And I've talked to people where we've done that for four years, Correct. right? Like, the – and there's no – and I'm not even saying that, that, that it, it maybe needed to take the four years. Like, I'm yeah. not trying to, like – 
say one way is better than the other, but this is because when you start to like think about planning your exit and imagining what that be, well, like, okay, well now you're like really scared. What is life going to look like without them? You're really worried about them. Are they going to be mad or upset or sad? Like, how are they going to survive? Uh, what is, how's your family and friends going to react to this? Or like, oh, there's no way I can do this. I can't. A lot of times there's like, there's actually no way to exit this relationship, Jeff. I'm sorry. Like that's not possible. I'm going to have to be in this forever. Um, um, so there's there's a whole like mental, emotional, sometimes spiritual journey that we have to go on when we're planning that exit. Uh, so yeah, it could take two weeks. It could take many years, and many years. I don't want you to and like. That's okay. Yeah, exactly. That's okay. And I don't want you to like blame yourself. If you feel, if you do talk to a therapist or a friend, you can let them know that you want to get out of this relationship and you're feeling really helpless and powerless. So like, can we be more problem solving or can we be more like detailed about what we can do here? Because I know that like that feeling of being stuck in it is really uncomfortable. Yeah. And although Mm -hmm. sometimes it feels like such big steps and big changes and and each one of those steps has 20 different steps within mm-hmm. you know so working yeah. with a therapist to really break that down and 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 make it feel more manageable and doable and not mm-hmm. as overwhelming and that takes time and then mm-hmm. really the uh, uh the motivation for change like uh, like we've talked about before if it if the the pain of leaving is greater than the pain of staying, then mm-hmm. sometimes we can get stuck. And so mm-hmm. talking through that and working through that. Yeah. It's, that's tricky though, because like we may imagine that the pain of leaving is even harder than the pain of stay, staying when really like the way to look at it in that sort of situation is like, okay, maybe the pain of staying is more tolerable, but that pain will never go away. <laughs> right. All the pain of leaving might be harder, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Isn't there? Like there's actually like you living a liberated freeing life away from this toxic dynamic. So that's one way to, to weigh it out as well. Um, it's really hard. It, it gets, it's, it's really easy to get stuck in these sorts of relationships. So eventually you have to cut ties, which and is, yeah. When he says cut ties, he means cut ties. Like <laughs> I, this is, this is damn near impossible. If you have children, if you have mm. shared like assets, property, whatever, if it's like more of a, a, a I get, this is like easier said than done in some situations. If you have the, um, ability mm-hmm. to really cut ties. I'm like, you got to flush that cocaine down the toilet. <laughs> that is your drug. You are going to be addicted to that drug until you stop doing the drug and any form of communication at all will be another little fix. So mm-hmm. you will be in withdrawals until you are clean of the drug. Drug being mm-hmm. that partner. <laughs> and <Sorry>. if you... <laughs> if you People are can... like, no, but I want to talk about oh, but the sex is so good. Yeah. I know. Right. Flush it down the toilet. Flush it down the toilet. If you can't cut tides 100%, then you need to set those boundaries and n- never waver. <laughs> like, never. You, 
never. And that is hard. It takes a lot of strength. You might not be able to do it at first. It might take three, 10, 50 different tries, but eventually you set those boundaries. You don't waver. And then when it feels like everything's cool, maybe you can be a little loose with those boundaries. Still don't. (laughs) Still don't. (laughs) That is a trap. (laughs) Yes. Likely a a trap. Yes. Yeah. Um, For sure. And also, like we've been saying this whole time, if you have the means and privilege and ability, seek therapy because therapists are specifically trained to address these very situations. Um, And they are, it is so helpful to have a therapist like be in your corner while you are trying to set and maintain boundaries. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times I wavered on this when, and for things that are so obvious, like my dad's side of the family that I have no contact with, it took me years, years before I was able to not feel guilty for not returning uh, phone calls or or letters or, you know, Mm -hmm. and the therapist would be like, throw it in the trash. What are you doing? (laughs) Like, mm-hmm. what do you think you need to do to that with that letter? Ugh, garbage. Right. I know. But there's like the little kid inside me that's like, no, you know, stay, stay safe in your little toxic right. relationship because that that is familiar. And, oh, little kid version of me is the one who's running the show there and not able to make good decisions. Mm hmm. And a therapist helps me stay in the wise mind. And that version of Sarah is very good at making good decisions and setting boundaries and, and following through sure. on consequences. Cause but. if you're in a, if you're in a toxic relationship, you might think like, well, at least I'm getting something. Cause uh-huh. if I was outside of this toxic relationship, I'd be getting nothing and I'd be feeling lonely and depressed and nobody else is going to be as good as this person sort of thing. Right. So we get why you want to. So then that's why the therapist is so important because it acts as that wise mind, like Sarah is saying. Okay, well, let's take a quick time out to talk about one of my favorite new sponsors. This is amazing. You guys hear us talk all the time about how people are never just one thing, you know? It happens all the time. And Field is the dating app for people who maybe are a little curious. Radical transformation is so common on there. In fact, there's even a term for it. It's called the field effect. And the proof is in the stats. 62% of field members evolve their sexuality, interests, and desire within the first year on the app. So if you're feeling curious, if you're feeling like somebody who maybe wants to, like, I don't know, learn a little bit more about yourself explore uh, uh, another side of yourself explore a new kink well one in two people on field have a kink and that is the place for you so if you are not entirely sure if you've ever questioned wondered or fantasized then field is the place where you can feel free to explore your desires uh, for a limited time you can receive a free month of a majestic membership when you download the app as a new member simply go to download field or head to F-E-E-L-D dot co slash therapy Jeff to access your free month of majestic membership. You can search for others and even just find yourself. Uh, that is F-E-E-L-D dot co slash therapy Jeff. F-E-E-L-D dot co slash therapy Jeff to access your first free month of majestic membership. Enjoy. So let's say 
you want to try to move on from it. You do all the steps. You're seeking therapy. What else can you do um, in addition to that? Uh, a therapist and Sarah and I are probably going to encourage you to practice as much self-care as you possibly can. Like, really pamper yourself. Like, I, I, we can pretty much assume, I think it's safe to assume, that if you were in a toxic relationship, there was a big imbalance in where attention was going and whose needs were getting met and chances are you're doing a little Mm self-abandoning and uh, maybe not prioritizing your own needs it is going to feel selfish i always say this to like i want you to be selfish and when i say that to people who are selfless they find somewhere close to the middle usually a little more on the selfless side Mm -hmm. believe it or not because selfish to somebody who's like the people pleaser is like, Oh yeah, I, I did one nice mm-hmm. thing for myself today. You know? So I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, be get, like, give me a week of like being a selfish person. It's going to feel, you're going to be like, okay, it feels weird to be this person, but I, I'm prescribing it. Don't worry. This is, that's, that's it. Mm-hmm. Pretend like, well, my therapist told me to do this. So, cause it can feel when you're in those relationships that are, are, uh, well, toxic that you've like learned to not take care of yourself. Right. Yeah. And, and taking like, care of yourself is not good for the relationship. Exactly. And like Sarah said, there's probably a decent amount of self abandoning that has gone on. So you want to reconnect with yourself. Um, you can try to reconnect with the old self that you used to be before the relationship and get back in contact with like the hobbies and interests and activities that you used to do. You can also think about like, what do you want your new self to look like? And that might be like a slightly different version of who you used to be. So it's kind of like trying to get back in touch with your, what your identity used to be and what you want your identity to be moving forward. A really good way to do that is to get back in contact with your friends that you've possibly yes. abandoned, right? And hopefully Love those that. friends will be there with like open arms. Uh, you might have to take a little bit of accountability and be like, I lost myself in that fucking relationship. And here's the reasons why I feel bad. I feel guilty. I avoided you because I didn't want to confront the truth. And you're a fucking truth teller. Or even if you're not, it was just hard to look at your face knowing that I wasn't being 100% honest with you. And I I feel really bad about that. And that must have hurt you, didn't it? Like being abandoned by by me. So tell me about the pain that I caused because I want to take responsibility for it. Here's the reasons and the context so that you have a more understanding. And also, these are the things I'm going to do to try to make that never happen again. I'm so sorry that a relationship was affected. What can we do to rebuild and be even closer than before? And if you need to take some time, like I'm here for you. I'm not going away sort of thing. Right. And like what friend wouldn't be like oh my god i've been waiting for you to say this i'm so glad i just really miss the old you and i see what's happening blah 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 blah. would that is what that looks like and Mm -hmm. it's hard to do but it is oh that's such a good point yeah 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 you can feel and and chances are that the talk the the toxic partner is going to, I don't know, for lack of a better word, give you some shit for doing this. Like when, 
you switch that attention towards yourself, practicing self-care, reconnecting with those friends, you might hear from the partner, what are you doing hanging out with them? I don't, like there's going to be judgment. There's good, and that is more of a sign that mm. this person is mm-hmm. toxic for you. Mm-hmm. That they are, t- they are actively trying to, I don't know, run interference on you doing these things that will help you. That mm-hmm. is such a sign that you are in an unhealthy relationship. Yeah, because it threatens their power in the relationship or Bingo. their influence over you. Like you becoming more of who you are means that they don't have as much control over totally. you, likely, right? <clears throat> um, you'll, you'll also like you'll need to practice forgiveness for yourself mainly. <laughs> like if you want to go ahead and forgive your toxic partner, that's a whole journey. We can talk about that. That can be good. But I, I would first focus on forgiving yourself for abandoning yourself. Right. For making choices that are not in alignment with yourself. Um, maybe you like did the best you could with the information and awareness that you had. Maybe it was like triggering because it felt like a relationship with your dad and that felt comfy, like Sarah was talking about, familiar. Uh, so there's lots of reasons why maybe this did happen or has happened repeatedly. And if you like, don't forgive yourself for it, be like compassionate and understanding with yourself, then you likely will repeat it <laughs> because you're not really like aware of the mechanisms that are operating behind the scenes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It is. It, and it's, I feel like these are patterns that are going to get repeated unless we do a, right. a, a big work on, on recognizing yes. them. Yes. yes. Uh, there were a few listener questions that we had. Um, yeah, we have 10 uh, minutes left in this episode, so we can try to okay. just get yeah. some of that, uh, some of those some, listener some questions. Listener questions in. Um, I think this is a simple, but one of the most complex questions that mm. I think I've ever read from one of our listeners. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. And what if all I know is toxic relationships? Uh, that's the thing. <laughs> I want to hug that listener. Uh, you're more likely to like fall into toxic relationships when all you know is a toxic relationship. And like we were talking about towards the beginning of the episode, that like if you are in a family where there's only toxicity and you're just a little kid, you do not have the awareness that you're in toxic relationships and you likely won't figure it out until you're in your thirties. Uh, so one of the things that you need to do, which feels like you're going against your programming is find people, whether it's friends or romantic partners or whatever, um, that are not toxic. So (laughs) you have to like, uh, it's, it's almost like the, the toxic relationships that you have found in the past, they come with a feeling of what quote unquote, like chemistry, you know, of like, Oh, I am like innately intuitively know that this is my person or we get along so well, you need to like understand the subtle signs, like the first signs that happen, um, that lead to toxic relationships and then avoid them <laughs> and end those relationships as early as you possibly can so that you do not get attached or codependently attached to them and then hang out with people that are, that maybe you don't have that initial chemistry with, yes. but you feel like there's a balanced relationship. They, it's not that they need you, but they want to spend time with you. There isn't this sort of like desperation attached to it. It doesn't feel addictive. It just feels like, oh, this was nice. Okay. Yeah. I'd see them again. Right. And 
They may be the relationships that have held you accountable. They mm-hmm. may the the healthy relationships might be ones that you have maybe avoided or friends that I can I know exactly who these friends are of mine that are my really strong, healthy like balanced, stable friends, but they're the same friends that are going to call me on my bullshit. They're the same mm-hmm. friends that are going to be like, you know, I'm noticing this and this and this, and I feel like because th- they're in healthy. Re- that's a healthy relationship. So mm-hmm. they're they're setting boundaries. They're communicating. They're doing all the things. And if I am at a place where I am not at my best, I. Ten, I, I, one of my signs is I avoid the, those people. And thank God now, the more, uh, I don't know, secure I get with who I am, the more like f- complete of a person I am, the deeper and stronger relationships I get to have with those people who are very not toxic and very healthy. But it made me take a look in the mirror at some things and I think if it were a time in my life when I was feeling insecure, a time in my life where maybe I was like recently out of these toxic relationships or maybe hadn't had that conversation where I said, hey, I'm really sorry. I know I haven't showed up. Like I was really scared that, that they mm-hmm. would reject me or that they wouldn't stay and still be there. And so when I, I felt ready to be able to communicate like that with them and they didn't go anywhere and and they they showed up even more and they embraced me and they said oh yeah we're gonna i know you you weren't yourself and i didn't like that for you but now i'm here for you and i'm glad we could talk about this oh it just Mm. gets better and it's it's the chef's kiss kiss. (laughs) yeah best in the whole world so that is what there is to look forward to but it can feel really scary to do that because of what's involved, it's going to take something from you to be the kind of person who engages in safe relationships Mm. with people who aren't toxic. Yeah, exactly. Another question that I want to talk a little bit more about, which we sort of addressed a bit is, can I become addicted to toxic relationships? Yes. And because of that, there's like, if you try to end or change a toxic relationship, you're going to go through withdrawal symptoms right? He actually, I think some people, when we talk about things like this, we use these words, think that we're using this like, Mm, you know, no, he means that literally this (laughs) is a drug in your brain. When you take away a drug, there is going to be a craving for what was once there and provided, Mm -hmm. you know, filled that, that, Exactly, that you void. Know, so dopaminergic you, pathway. Thank you right. very much. <laughs> very good. Uh, so treating it as a withdrawal symptom like you would experience with heroin or cocaine or any other drug is something that you should 100% do. Let's not like think that this is actually easier right. to get through. It's just as hard, sometimes harder. Oh. Um, so you're going to have to like tolerate the extremely uncomfortable feeling of withdrawals. You might want to try to distract yourself. You might want to try to like, you know, spend time with people that love you and care about you you might want to go to a therapist about it whatever it is like it's going to be an uncomfortable feeling that likely will fade over time 
Uh, it will fade over time. Uh, but this is like a very serious, difficult thing to get through is what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. yeah. I have heard that uh, the brain can't has a hard time distinguishing between emotional and physical pain. So if you mm-hmm. take uh, Advil or Tylenol or whatever oh, for right. a broken heart, it will absolutely <laughs> reduce some of those symptoms. So if you were feeling heartbroken and when, you know, you hurt, it feels, people say that like, oh, my heart just hurts. Like I, mm-hmm. it is a physical physiological pain that comes with like withdrawal from another human and so you know just recognize the ways that you might be numbing or or avoiding those feelings and know that that ain't gonna get rid of them you gotta go through the tunnel and it's gonna be real dark in the middle of that tunnel but just this is where support this is where a therapist this is where that self-care helps just a little bit Mm -hmm. get you through there Interesting fact, when I used to work at a crisis line at the very beginning of my therapy career, um, we would have to ask, have you taken any Advil? And if they said yes, then I'd have to ask how many Advils did they take? And if they took more than 24, they had to go directly to the hospital. I think that's a smart move. Yeah. (laughs) That is too many Advil, sir. Only take the prescribed amount of Advil, two, uh, instead of 24. Otherwise, you you could die, actually. That's that's way too many Advils. A very important thing. Um, Anyways, we can talk so much more about toxic relationships, and we kind of do in many of our relationships or episodes, but we're going to have to end it here and we want to encourage you to leave us a review for your very healthy relationship that you have with us obviously um we love that you when you like leave comments we appreciate all of your support and uh we're happy that you're here listening to us Yes, I'm going to leave you with uh, some encouraging words here. This is a cute little quote. A good relationship is when someone accepts your past, supports your present, and encourages your future. I love that. It will help you. Safe relationship right there. All right, friends. We love you, and we'll see you next time.